Today on the Daily, Daily Gator Daily Thought, we're going to look at uh, the pro-choice and their uh, folks and their Jekyll and Hyde approach to abortions, my body, my choice, and vaccine mandates, and not your body, not your choice, apparently. And we're going to look at the argument that, well, the vaccines can affect other people because you may spread the uh, coronavirus. Well, I would say unborn babies might be affected by abortion, wouldn't you? We're going to look at uh, a sad, sad day. It's so very sad. Uh, Chris Cuomo has been excommunicated from CNN. He's been fired, 86, shit-canned, thrown the, uh, shown the door. Can we get rid of Don Lemon, too? And then Jim Acosta will take their place, and he'd be even worse. Uh, there's just no hope for CNN, folks. We're going to look at uh, the city of New York doing something, uh, well, offering a service to junkies and drug addicts. Opened, they opened supervised injection sites. And, uh, well, bad things started to happen. Imagine that. We're looking at the state of Oregon, the formerly free state of Oregon, now the People's Republic, apparently. They're looking towards permanent indoor mask mandates. Oh, they really hate freedom, don't they, my friends? They hate it, hate it, hate it. All that and more. I'll also get uh, a tiny bit into a, a top five here. The most obnoxious people to talk to. Just throw that out there. If you're obnoxious, you may be on the list. Who knows? Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought with me, Doug Hagan. It's Sunday. Let's kick this pig, my friends. And let us get into this, my friend, my friends, excuse me. And we're going to talk first about uh, my body, my choice. I found a piece online, Karen Cataline, or Cataline. Uh, I'm not sure if the young lady pronounces her name, but she has a piece up I found. And it's called Pro-Choicers, or Jekyll and Hyde about body autonomy. 
On December 1st of this year, she writes, the Supreme Court of the United States heard oral arguments in the case of Dobbs uh, versus Jackson Jackson Women's Health. It's a Mississippi abortion law. Uh, the Mississippi law at the center of this case bans abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy in the state of Mississippi. It's always been my contention that abortion, like marriage, was a state-by-state thing. The right to an abortion that was found magically back in, the, what, 73 Roe v. Wade uh, is complete boulder dash. There's uh, no right to privacy that would include your right to kill your unborn baby. But anyway, that's what a liberal court can do and did back in 73. But the state of Mississippi, the state of Texas, have passed very, the media would say, restrictive abortion laws. I'd say they're not restrictive because, to me, abortion is just wrong. There's a baby involved. The left never wants to talk about that. They've gone from using arguments when I was eight, nine years old. I remember watching, my mom was watching, actually, the Phil Donahue show. And I remember this subject was abortion. I I listened to it a little bit. And I remember telling my mom, that's a baby. That's that's killing a baby. Now, it didn't take long for my nine-year-old brain. And hey, I was smart for nine. But it doesn't take a genius to figure out that abortion is wrong because abortion ends a human life. If you don't think that baby's a human being or alive, then you are the stupidest human being. Or you're the person more likely, far more likely to be in complete and total denial of all re- uh, reality. Literally, you're the kind of person that if a if a if a uh, a spaceship landed and aliens got out and said, "Hey, we're aliens. We're from the planet," and gave you business cards, you'd probably say, "Nah, that didn't really happen." Not that I think that will happen. And if there are aliens from other planets. Bring hot women and cold beer. We never have enough of those two things. But back to this piece. Uh, The justices, she writes, have several choices. But if Roe were overturned, and we're a long way from that, the media is in panic mode over it, but we're a long way away, it would return the issue to the jurisdiction of the states where it had been previously. Now, understand, the... The Mississippi law affects people in Mississippi only. The Texas law, only Texas. These are state laws. The fact is, if if the Supreme Court were to say Roe v. Wade was a bad decision, it is stricken, that would not mean that uh, abortions were outlawed across the country. The left tells you that, and they hint at that very strongly, because the left lies often and perpetually. Often's not enough. They they lie about every time they open their mouth it benefits them. They'll tell the truth occasionally if it helps them, but the truth rarely helps leftism and leftist causes. Now that hasn't stopped the left from rallying the troops and threatening to pack the court if they don't get their way. These are really people who cherish freedom, you can tell, and democracy, right? Yeah, we want democracy, but only if we have enough numbers to like win every election and make every decision for everybody, then democracy rocks. But if democracy means we might lose, hell no. That's racism or something. Uh, with Which is no restrictions whatsoever on abortions anywhere in the country. Under the guise of 
liberty. The left forces everyone, even entire states, to dance to their tune. Uh, what about the prerogative of the people in each state to decide these questions for themselves? This is an anthema to today's Democratic Party, which is controlled by the left. Without a hint of irony, the U.S. Solicitor General, Elizabeth Preliger, uh, and others who spoke in support of Jackson's women health argued passionately for liberty and body autonomy for women, die body my choice. Never, of course, for the body autonomy of the baby. And yes, that is a separate human being. The medical science and what we can see inside the womb shows us clearly that is a separate human being. Okay? There is no argument. There is no uh, debate unless you just totally reject science. And it's interesting because the left always accuses the right of not believing in science until the science gets in, inconvenient for the left and then they don't believe in it. Regardless of the viability, well, that needs to be pointed out. There are people who are, uh, let's face it, up to the time of birth, if a woman has decided I don't want my baby. There are people who believe this. If someone comes in and says, look, I know you, you're about to have an abortion. You're also about to, uh, about to do that. I want your baby. I'll pay your whole, I'll pay everything for you. Just give the baby to me. I'll take the baby. You won't be pregnant. You won't have a child. There's people who would reject that and say it's okay. That's sick. Again, this is a living human being. There ain't no debate, my friends. You can pretend there is, there isn't. And you can call me a pig or say it's none of a man's business. It takes two to make a baby. So yeah, the father should have a voice. What about the right of the father? Again, the left uses that one conveniently when it suits them. When it doesn't, eh, don't worry about the father. They're just a sperm donor at that point. Had the issue been about forced vaccinations, which could quite likely make it to the Supreme Court, it's a good bet that those same attorneys would argue passionately for the reverse. In other words, the, the attorneys arguing to throw out the Mississippi law would be arguing quite differently if this were, were uh, about vaccinations and vaccination mandates. If you have body autonomy, that includes, well, let's, let's put it this way. The left would argue that, well, I have an abortion. That affects me. That's my decision, my body. But if you don't get a vaccine, then you can affect other people. And that makes it everyone's business. Okay, Karen, what about this? The fact is... You make a good point. You could more readily spread the virus, which no one should want to do. But you've got a lot of medical decisions involved. You've got people who have risks of things in the vaccines. Their doctors tell them don't get the shot because of this or only get this shot, not those two, or get these two, but not that one, because it might harm you. And there is uh, not herd immunity, but if you've had the, the virus and you have antibodies, and your doctor says, right now, you couldn't catch it. You can wait on the vaccine. 
The left doesn't care about that. They want to force you to get one. And you can argue all day. And you're right that that if I had not gotten vaccinated, I've been vaccinated. But I could more readily spread it to other people. I wouldn't want to do that. And they say abortion's different. How? The other person involved in abortion is not someone who might be affected. It's not only the father who might have his heart ripped from his body because all he wants is his baby. He doesn't care if the woman helps or not in raising it even. He might prefer it, but he just wants his child. And then there's the baby. Again, back to the crux of the argument. This is a human being. That's the central point in the abortion debate. Nothing else. Privacy, this, that, medical record. There's one important, not important, essential question here. Is that a human being? Is that a baby or not? If it's a baby, doesn't it have human rights just like everyone else? Doesn't it have a right to live? That's it. That's the argument. And you notice that's the argument the left has stopped arguing a long time ago, probably 20 years. When I, I remember when I started getting people to admit that abortion, yes, killed a human being, a baby. And then they started telling me things like, I don't care. It's my body. As long as it's not in my body, I don't care. But it can't be in my body. As if it was some type of virus or invader or alien species that, that had descended from Mars or Jupiter. And infected women who are doing nothing but being women. Again, that's the essential question. So if you're a leftist, ask yourself that question. If you believe in vaccine mandates, shouldn't you also believe? Because Again, you believe in vaccine mandates. Why? Because other people might be affected by a person's decision to or not to get the vaccine. Shouldn't you also be pro-life? Because... There's no question in your in that case, the, the baby is going to be affected one way or the other. That's science. And if you hate science, I'll pray for you. Now, folks, on to uh, sad, 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 sad news. Chris Cuomo is no mas. No, he's still alive. But he has been, uh, he's been shown the door by the CNN heads. Seems he helped his brother, who was, before he had to resign in disgrace, his older brother, Andrew, Andrew Cuomo, was the governor of New York. He was accused by a lot of women of doing things that uh, men shouldn't do to women who work for him. You know, sexual har harassment is not cool. Uh, but he apparently was doing kind of opposition research on the women or his accusations. CNN suspended him. And now very shortly afterwards, they found out some more things. CNN actually did journalism, actually did some digging. Amazing that that actually happened. But they've told uh, Fredo, Frito, Chris Cuomo, no mo. You're out the door. See the door, Chris. Can you do me a favor? Can you walk out that door? Don't worry about that click behind you because you're not coming back in it. Your last check is going to be deposited in your bank account. Have a nice life. Uh, but as Pacific Pundit reports, Chris Cuomo has been officially fired. Fired, I say, by the already disgraced propaganda network of CNN, the communist news network, of course, that masquerades as news 
after all, of Chris Cuomo's BS from phony stage emerging from the basement of his home when he was struck with COVID-19 to threatening someone on a bicycle while he was out biking when he was supposed to be quarantined because he had COVID-19. And uh, everything else, karma finally comes home by Frito Felicia. CNN did not fire. This is from uh, Grant, Grant, good Lord, Grin, Glenn Greenwald, not Grin Gleewald, Glenn Greenwald, Greenwald, uh, in March of this year, tweeted this. CNN did not fire Chris Cornwell because of this. That's all you need to know. And why did they not fire him back in March? Because there was a news report that Chris Cuomo was directly involved in serious abuse of power scandal by his brother, Andrew, who at that time was still governor of New York. In fact, he's the prime beneficiary of said scandal. He sought special medical favors from his brother and apparently received them, depriving other sick people more in need of it than he by exploiting the fact that his brother is governor and thus rules the state. That's a scandal by any measure. One involving not only the governor, but also the CNN host. Now, Glenn Greenwald, if you don't know, is a liberal. He's one of the few liberals who are actually liberal, meaning they have some sense, they care about the country, they care about the truth, and they think journalists should be journalists. And if you're Jim Acosta, look up the word, have an adult read the definition of journalist to you, Jim, and then look in the mirror. And then paint on the mirror in big red lipstick, the, the kind you probably wear when you're home alone watching uh, your network or going through Twitter on your Twitter feed and write these words. Jim Acosta is no journalist. Hashtag do better. Try that, Jim, you arrogant bastard. Now, CNN Communications on Twitter issued this statement about Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo was suspended earlier this week pending further evaluation of new information that came to light about his involvement with his brother's defense. We retained a respected law firm to conduct the review and have terminated him effective immediately. While in the process of that review, additional information has come to light. Despite the termination, we will investigate as, pro- as appropriate. So whatever kind of trouble Chris Cuomo's in besides not being employed anymore, now he'll be fine with that. I'm sure he's made a lot of money. Uh, I'm sure he'll be fine if he never works a, another day in his life. Uh, but again, after CNN fired him, apparently there could be more repercussions for Chris Cuomo. Uh, and again, let's talk about privilege for a second. That's the real reason I brought this subject up. We hear from the left all the time, privilege, male privilege, white privilege, white male privilege, this privilege, that privilege. As if only certain people have any privilege and as if that privilege is not also a lack of privilege in certain other situations. Especially in things like hiring, getting a job, getting promoted, things of that nature. Suppose you were, suppose you owned your own business. You're a man, you're 50, you're happily married, you've got kids, and you've expanded your company and you need an executive assistant. 
you really need, you just need somebody who is capable of, of dealing with that. So you put ads, you, you look for resumes, and you find two different women. They went to the same college. They have the same degree. They're the same age. In fact, they graduated in the same class from, let's say, I don't know, University of Pittsburgh. And they're very highly regarded. They made excellent grades. They were excellent students, excellence their whole life. And they've been working as doing executive assistant work for smaller companies. And they've been doing good jobs, great reviews. Their bosses seem to love them. And you go, you bring them and you interview them. Now, let's say the first woman is not very attractive to you anyway. You just look at her and she's maybe a little overweight, just doesn't seem to be very attractive physically, right? You like her personality. You seems like she'd be a very competent worker. Then later that day, you bring the second woman in. This woman has all the same qualifications, same excellent work record, same collegiate record, same grade, same everything. This woman is smoking hot and you're immediately attracted to her. I mean, you're, even though you're a married man, you say, good Lord, that woman is hot in your mind. She's equally, does equally well in her interview. You're impressed, extremely impressed by both these ladies. So now you've got a decision to make. It's Wednesday. You tell them you'll get back with them uh, Monday and they'll be able to start two weeks after then. You'll make a decision Monday and then two weeks later they can start to work for you so they can take care of their current employer, give notice, whatever it takes. And you go back and forth. Let's say you put two bosses in the same situation. Both these women are white women. Did I mention that? Or they could be black women or Asian women, or they could be different races. But you know that you have a wife who is, she's a good person, but she has some jealousy issues. So in, in that case, the boss might think, you know, I, sh I, I think this one's really devastatingly good looking. The other one's kind of plain. What do I do? Well, if your wife was jealous, you might, you might apply to these two women levels of privilege. So the really hot one, the good looking one, you might say, I can't really hire her. I'm sure it'd be professional. I'm not going to cheat on my wife. I love my wife, but my wife comes in here at times. And when she sees her, she might feel insecure. She might feel jealous. It might cause some, some, uh, some rough times for my marriage, potentially. So I'm going to hire the other lady. And in that situation, the lady who is less physically attractive to you has greater privilege than the other one. Now, most people would just say, well, you're better looking. You have more privilege. Maybe they're different races. Maybe the lady that's very attractive is white. The other one is black. In this case, the black woman who is less attractive would have the privilege because of what you need for your position that's open. If you were single or anything like that where it really didn't matter, then you might pick the more attractive woman. Privilege 
goes, it comes. Everyone has privilege in certain areas. Maybe you're smarter. Maybe you have a better personality. I mean, look at people who, who you see on the TV doing the news. So there are some incredibly attractive women on the news and men too. And let's face it. If they had that same personality, that same wit, that same charm, but they weren't so attractive and they go in an interview against the other one, they're probably not going to have the privilege of attractiveness. Or maybe they have just that personality that shines through. Isn't that privilege? Privilege is everywhere. Everyone has it. Everyone lacks it. Depends on the situation they're in, who's hiring them, who's firing them, who's looking for an employee, who's work, who's looking to work for somebody. Their privilege works all kinds of ways. Don't buy into this leftist lie that privilege is something that only white men or white people have. And it's everywhere they go, they have privilege. Look, I've been on enough job interviews. You probably have to. To understand that you've walked into interviews before. It's happened to me several times. Initial interview, out of the park. And you've been told to your face, I wish I could actually hire you now, but you have to talk to my boss. Uh, he's on vacation. He'll be back next week. We'll schedule an interview for you. I'm sure you'll get it. I've heard those words. You go over the second interview. It's like this person can't stand you. There's a different criteria for that person. Privilege works one way, then it works the other. It works for and against everybody, depending on your situation. That's just fact. So you might want to examine that and think about, ruminate on it, about privilege. And don't think that, uh, you know, you're always going to win because you're the better looking person or the better personality or whatever. Not everybody sees the same thing. Now, well, now we have to talk about Oregon, where Bigfoot lives, supposedly, allegedly. And I think Bigfoot, if there are Bigfoots, Sasquatches, is that is the plural of Sasquatch, right? Sasquatches, not Sasquatchai or Sasquatch or Mama or whatever. Okay. So if they do live in Oregon, they might be moving out. They might be leaving the state soon because there's only so much stupid a Sasquatch can take. That's what I hear. According to William Teach at Pirates Co. blog, we have a, a COVID forever moment. Here's a headline, COVID forever. Oregon looks toward permanent indoor mask mandate. And you do know what permanent means, right? That's right. It's like Samsonite luggage. It's forever. But see, it's not permanent, permanent. It's temporarily permanent, which is less permanent, permanent than permanent, permanent. And more like, well, temporarily permanent, which is only temporarily, permanently, permanent. Yes, exactly. Perhaps like 15 days to stop the spread. Oh, God, remember those words. We just need to flatten the curve. How did that work out? Uh, well, it worked out okay till the government figured out a way to keep and hold power for themselves. Oregon Healthy Health Authority. Oregon has a health authority. You will obey the health authority. You will put down that hamburger right now, and you will put the mask on your face, or you will face the wrath of the health authority. Uh, it, the uh, health, the health authority. 
of Oregon has moved to implement a permanent indoor mask mandate. The Oregon Health Authority, also known as the OHA, assembled a rules advisory committee. That's an RAC. That's one thing wrong with this country. There's too many, too many of these uh, OHAs, HMOs, HOAs, as in Homeowners Association, uh, Rules Advisory Committee, this committee, that committee, this, uh, good God, stop it. We're bogged down in a, in a morass of stupidity many times because many of the people on these committees are some of the stupidest people I've ever seen or heard in my life, frankly. But they're looking to, well, to address a permanent indoor mask mandate in the state. Oregon is one of the few states that still retain one of those nearly two years into the pandemic. Everyone else has evolved. Oregon is, well, they're still devolving. The committee included several community stakeholders, including representatives from the hospital industry, the business sector, and faith communities, according to local ABC affiliate KATU, the KADU, the KADO, the KADO, I don't know. Uh, Teach writes that he bets every single one of those are from a far-left organization which favors authoritarian governance and will completely leave out those in the suburban slash rural GOP areas because they're a bunch of rednecks anyway. Uh, this won't make them push even harder for to get several counties to leave Oregon and join Ohio, Idaho rather, sorry. And there's a total of eight looking to secede now. Hey, that'd be a good idea. The same people in Oregon, those, I think it's eight counties, right? Uh, apparently so, several counties. I thought it was eight for some reason. But they want to join the sane state of Idaho and leave the now mentally unstable to put it mildly, state of Oregon. I think they'll have a lot of Bigfoots going with them, a lot of Sasquatches. Uh, Dr. Paul Klesiak, he's the medical director for uh, communicable diseases and immunizations with OHA, explained to KATU that OHA's potential permanent indoor mask mandate is not necessarily permanent because it can be repealed. Uh, Permanent means indefinite. No, it doesn't. Permanent means permanent. Indefinite means indefinite. They're not the same thing. You may be a doctor, but you're also a bureaucrat, I fear, and you're, as a bureaucrat, a danger to both liberty and the uh, average IQ of the state. It doesn't necessarily mean permanent. Permanent means permanent. It can be changed, but it still means permanent. Have you ever seen a dictionary, much less read it? We can repeal it as well, but we are only allowed to have a temporary rule for 180 days, and anything that goes beyond 180 days, we cannot extend it. That's not permanent. Permanent is permanent. But you said permanent is indefinite. No, that's indefinite. Are you really a doctor? Have you been abducted by Bigfoot or little green men? I don't know. This guy's a clown, frankly. Looks like he should not be anywhere near any decision-making process. To me, no authority for this guy. Uh, Teach adds, it doesn't sound like a temporary rule for 180 days. Governor Kate Brown, who's left of Lennon, I believe, has seemingly overstepped her lawful authority to enact masking requirements. 
and the far left judges in the state will surely say, yeah, law, but we need to think about safety first. It would also not be that hard for the Democrat-dominated General Assembly to pass a law which allows this. But hey, if they do pass it, they can repeal it, right? (laughs) They can. Doesn't mean they will, of course. I wonder how many will get an exemption, like in the General Assembly building in the governor's residence. Uh, There's a good question for you, isn't it? The exemptions. And enough about Oregon, enough about mandates, permanent, not permanent, might be permanent, temporarily permanent, permanently permanent, or permanently temporary, who knows. If you're in Oregon, leave. Also, if you're in Oregon, if you want to stay, vote for Republicans. Even a dumb Republican is better than Democrats like Kate Brown and little Nazi starter kits that are running Oregon, or at least most of it. And I am all for you folks in the the counties in Oregon, the small part of Oregon geographically, that want to just join Idaho. Good for you. If Idaho's cool with it, do it. Uh, I've always believed people have a right to do that, frankly. Uh, Fundamentally. could lead to crazy things, but I've often said, hey, if, if the northern part of California that actually is sane, not you, San Francisco, certainly not you, L.A., but you know where the normal people in, in California, if they wanted to join a different state, do it. Form a 51st state, do it. I'm all for it. I'm good for it. But anyway, enough of that, my friends. Let's go on to something more important than Oregon and their permanently, maybe permanently permanent or temporarily permanent mask mandates for Bigfoots or for trees. For Who knows what they're going to do in Oregon? These people are crazy. Here's a uh, announcement you need to know. Everyone knows that my the daily half of the Daily Gator, the D-A-L-E-Y, people, why do you spell daily that way? It's D-A-I-L-Y. It's daily. No, it's for Ed Daly, D-A-L-E-Y, my my blogging partner and longtime friend. That's, that's the Daily Gator. He's Daily. I'm a Gator. There you go. Uh, but he has a new blog up, and it is called The Mad Irishman. It is linked to the Daily Gator. Uh, he has uh, some good stuff up there already. It's just been launched, really, so it's just a few days old. But always check that. It'll be obviously in our blog roll at the Daily Gator, and I'll reference it often. And yes, I will feature stories he has on this show. And here's the first one. The demo Nazi-controlled New York City opens supervised injection sites where people can use illegal drugs from the Daily Wire. So there you go. New York City authorized two supervised injection sites to begin operating in Manhattan earlier this week. And on the first day, the staff there reversed two overdoses. Basically, it's for drug addicts. You can come in, uh, get uh, and they have clean needles, I guess, and they'll watch you shoot up. And if you overdose, they'll help you. Well, okay. Uh, The New York Times reported that the two sites, one in East Harlem and one in Washington Heights, quote, provided clean needles, administered naloxone to reverse overdoses, 
and provided users with options for addiction treatments. People who use the injection sites had to bring their own drugs. Don't worry, the taxpayers will be paying for the drugs soon. They just haven't got that part of leftism into it yet, I'm sure. Uh, New York City became the first city in the nation to open supervised injection sites, the Times reported. Without reading further for a second. The problem with this is it seemed like a good idea. Saving somebody's overdosing, always a good idea. But how long till this is tax completely taxpayer-funded? People start making big money off of the the cost keeps rising and rising and rising. And these places become hangouts for people who uh, are dangerous, possibly violent. uh, And it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger because you put up basically a beacon for drug addicts. Some things the government shouldn't do. This is one of them. Obviously, I have no problem with you saving someone having an overdose. Uh, but I've, I've never got this idea that started 20 years ago, maybe more. What we'll do is we'll give them clean needles. Then they can't die if they get a bad needle. They won't get AIDS or some other transmissible disease. Okay, genius. But what if they overdose on the heroin or whatever the hell they're injecting into themselves? Speedballs, whatever. Uh, they'll still be dead. No, they didn't get a disease, but they, they're still dead. So now you're going to save them there. It will not, it, the, the thought process, the idea behind it might have some goodness in it, some compassion in it, but it's never going to work. Some things you just can't allow and celebrate and have the government, even a city government, sponsor. It just won't work. Other city, uh, New York City became the first city in the nation to open supervised injection sites. Other cities, including Philadelphia, of course, San Francisco. No, I'm stunned that San Francisco would consider such a thing. Uh, Boston and Seattle, another hellhole city, have taken steps toward supervised injection, but have yet to open sites amid debate over the legal and moral implications of sanctioning illegal drug use, the outlet reported. Well, there is that. There's the moral issue. And uh, then, again, you're going to get in the issue of state uh, taxes, income taxes, fees, city fees, county fees, whatever it is that come out of taxpayers' pockets, law-abiding people who don't shoot up, who aren't addicted to drugs, uh, who aren't in any way bad people being taken to do this. And then you have the the very real notion that there are some things that government should not do. I mean, I think I'd feel much better if these people were, uh, when they came in for this, taken into custody and sentenced to a good amount of time in a treatment facility. And I don't think the taxpayer should have to pay for such facilities, frankly. But I think a lot of pressure might be put on people like Jeff Bezos of Amazon fame and George Soros, the little uh, little Nazi, uh, the little uh, the, the little tyrant wannabe former mayor of New York, Bloomberg, the little general, maybe him, maybe they could actually pay for uh, 
these centers. Maybe they could take some of their tens and tens and tens and tens and tens of billions and pay for this, but it shouldn't be run by a city. It shouldn't be run by a government at all. And not just because it's not the proper role of a government, but because soon enough money will be pumped into these programs where you'll get scandal, you'll get fraud, you'll get uh, people using this money for their own purposes, and you'll get the services going downhill, and eventually these centers will turn into hellholes, crime-ridden hellholes, where no decent person will want to go around. Dr. Dave A. Chosky. He is the New York City Health Commissioner, told the Times that the sites are meant to help control the city's overdose crisis. Wouldn't locking these people into treatment centers also do that? I'm just, just throwing it out there. Uh, I mean, if you, if you have them where they can't get an access to drugs, they can be treated with whatever medication helps them in the process. But you might get them off the dependency for these drugs which can be physical, mental, or both. Wouldn't that make more sense? I'm just throwing it out there. Every four hours, someone dies of drug overdose in New York City, he told the outlet. We feel a deep conviction and also sense of urgency in opening overdose prevention centers. Fine, but if you're just putting it out there for people to come get, clean needle, and we'll help you if, if you overdose right now, We'll help you. We've got this medication. Great. Nothing wrong with saving a life. But what about the next time? If they're not near one of those treatment centers, what if they shoot up then and die? All you've done is enable them to continue to be an addict. I don't know if enabling addiction or aiding and abetting addiction, if you will, is the proper course. But what do I know? What do I know, my friends? Now, I promised you a top five. And by the way, just so you know, the the four college playoff teams have been announced. I predicted, not here, but I did predict that Cincinnati would be four. They are. Georgia would be third. They are. Michigan would be second. They are. And Alabama would be one. Of course, they are. So you have Alabama play Cincinnati, and Alabama will beat Cincinnati. Uh, I hope Cincinnati beats them, quite frankly. Uh, but then again, I, I am contractually obligated to root for the SEC team because I'm a Florida fan. They're in the SEC. You have to root for Alabama. And in this case, I'll have to be uh, – I'm predicting Michigan beats Georgia because I think Georgia understands now that their coach, Kirby Smart, who's great in many ways, you could give him 100 tries. He couldn't beat Nick Saban at check, chess, uh, checkers, chess, hopscotch, basketball – Hockey, uh, downloading pornography, football, base doesn't matter. Kirby Smart can never beat Nick Saban at anything. Uh, he should have beaten him several times. He's had him beaten several times, and he always finds a way to screw it up. So bad news, Georgia fans. I predicted y'all would beat Alabama yesterday. I was wrong. I should have known better. You, I was just wrong. Also predicted you win the national title. I was wrong again because I don't think you will. I think Michigan will beat you, quite frankly. Although I am contractually obligated obligated to root for you, Bulldogs. Kirby Smart, when it comes to Saban, ain't really smart. He'll never beat Coach Saban at anything. 
anything. Seriously, if you went out and gave them coupons and said, go to Walmart or Target or wherever and go shopping and buy these items, Saban would come back quicker, would save you more money, and would have some bonuses thrown in for free. Kirby Smart? No, wouldn't happen. He can't beat Saban at anything. But I promised a top five uh, concerning the most obnoxious people there are. And this covers everything. Uh, and number five, I thought of this originally as a the most obnoxious sports fans that you can be around. And I was going to just do that, but then I thought about some other areas of life. And number five is, actually they're not that irritating anymore because they've been so conclusively proven incorrect that they don't have any legs to stand on anymore. That is the Joe Montana fanboy. Joe Montana was the greatest quarterback ever, period, period, period. All that matters is he has four rings, period, period, period. That's, that was their argument. And you'd say Bart Starr of the Packers back in the 60s won five championships, five league championships. Yeah, but he like only won like two like Super Bowls, okay? But he was a five-time NFL champion. He played in six championship games, including the first two Super Bowls, and he won five of them. So five is greater than four, so by your math, but then, no, no, that's different. You'd say, okay, well, then Terry Bradshaw clearly is as good as Joe Montana. Joe Montana was 4-0 and in Super Bowls. Uh, and Terry Bradshaw was 4-0 and in Super Bowls. So obviously they're the same, right? Oh, no, 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 Montana's better. Look at his stats. You said championships is all that counts. Now stats count too. Well, stats don't count unless they do. Okay. And then when Tom Brady won his fourth in his sixth Super Bowl appearance, a lot of people were coming out saying, look, let's not have the argument anymore. Brady is better than Montana. Oh, no, no, no. No, that can't be because Brady lost two Super Bowls. Yeah, but he won four like Montana. Yeah, but he lost two of them. So he's been to more Super Bowls, six to four, and that means he's won more NFC or conference championship games, which is more than Montana. So it doesn't that conclusively proves using your numbers that he's better. Oh, no, 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 because like losing a Super Bowl is worse than not even getting to the playoffs, okay? That was their stupidity of their argument. Well, time went on, and Brady has now been to 10 Super Bowls, and he's a seven-time Super Bowl champion. So, and, and many of those, he won big, I mean, he won in comeback fashion, end-of-the-game drive fashion, and even the three he lost, he gave them game-ending drives that should have won the game for him, but then the defense gave it back. So it's con completely conclusive that Brady is better than Montana. And that argument is pretty much gone. They pretty much don't argue with you anymore. Uh, then there are the people, this is not sports related, who just absolutely refuse to use their brains when they drive. These are the people who, yes, drive slow in the left lane, and they don't get it. I don't know what's wrong with people. Everyone's honking at me and flipping me off and like making faces at me. And I don't know why they're angry. 
because you're going 60 in a 65 mile an hour speed limit area and you're in the left lane of the interstate and you're passing signs if you're in certain roads that say faster traffic or the left lane is for faster passing traffic and you're ignoring oh look at that pretty sign what does it mean uh so they're those people who they just don't get it they're also the people who drive slow in the left lane for a long way and you're getting frustrated because there's a lot of traffic. You just want to go home. It's been a long week. You just want to have a cold beer, put your feet up, pet the dog, and they're there in the left lane blocking you. And after a couple miles of this, you watch this idiot. They'll put their blinker on and you think, thank God they're getting out of my way finally. And then you watch them. They'll get over and over and over. They'll get over three or four lanes to exit. They needed an exit, which means you need to be in the right lane most times. So they weren't even where they needed to be to drive effectively. They're stupid. There's no other word for it. They are just stupid. There's those people. And, of course, they, they, uh, the people who drive like idiots, right, they've got to ride your bumper. You're on the interstate. There's nothing really. Uh, I had a guy do this at night one time. Two in the morning. There's nothing. There's four lanes of highway. And this guy's right on my bumper. No other traffic. They've got two lanes to your left. you got a lane to your right. You can get by me. But no, you want to ride right on my ass. You, I guess, wanted to cause an accident that killed us both. I don't know. And then they'll just go by you suddenly. Or the people who pass you, right? They'll blow past you. <clears throat> And almost immediately get back in front of you and hit their brakes because they've got to get off the interstate. Why didn't you, A, pass me on the right? Or B, just be over there to begin with? But no, 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 you had to be dangerous. You often wonder about these people. Uh, They're just dangerous. And always think about how many accidents these idiots cause. And then there's the idiots on the road who do this big sign two left lanes closed two miles ahead if you're sane you'll get over in the two right lanes you'll merge now because traffic's going to get more congested in those two lanes and then there's the people they will ride to the last possible second before they even put their blinker on to get over i've even left room for people still passing me on the left just to see one morning and actually, I've done it several times. Give them plenty of room. Oh, pass me. Get back over. Get over where you need to be in the two lanes that are going to continue to be open. Because you know those other two aren't going to be open. Car after car after car after car. As far as they can until they absolutely have no road. The barriers will prevent them from staying in that lane. You people are morons. And you're completely and utterly irritating. Please find a hammer and hit yourself in the forehead with it. Maybe you'll jar something loose. Then there's this person that really irritates me. It is the, how do I put this? How do I put this delicately? They're the person who wants to talk to you in a public place, even though you're obviously busy doing something. You're reading your phone, you're watching TV, you're watching a game intently, uh, 
and they just won't shut up. Blah, 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 on and on and on. And then there's a really aggravating person who will do this. You're sitting at a bar, having a beer, got some wings, a burger, whatever. You're, you're into this game. And they not only will not stop talking to you if you just ignore them politely because you're trying to get into the game. They'll like put their hand in front of you like tap. Hey, excuse me. Or they'll, I've had a few people do this, like touch my arm. Dude, you shouldn't be touching my arm, period. If you're a hot woman, that's different. But by God, what are you doing? Seriously. Uh, they just don't seem to get it. And they just won't shut up. At times in life, the two best things you can do, trust me, is shut up. Then there is the, the know-it-all. No matter what you're talking about, no matter what discussion you're having with someone, uh, they're going to interject themselves and offer their expert opinion. And they'll start with, oh, excuse me, but I must interject. Or, well, actually, actually, shut up. This isn't your conversation. So shut up. Did I mention shut up? Because shut up. And you know the person I'm talking about. They just can't do it. And oftentimes what they end up talking about is completely unrelated. They kind of overheard a word or two and assumed what your conversation was about. But there is absolutely, absolutely no one more irritating, more irritating than the Michael Jordan fanboy. Did you know he's the greatest player ever in the NBA? It's arguable. I don't agree, but it's arguable. But it's not enough for you to agree he's the best ever. He has to be the best athlete ever. Hell, if he raced Secretary in 1973, he would have beaten Secretary. Did you know that? Even though I'm not sure. I think he was born in 73. Maybe not. But obviously he couldn't beat a thoroughbred racehorse. Everyone knows this, but he could have beaten Secretariat. He could have played quarterback, defensive end, and punter for any NFL team. He could have hit 68 home runs every year in Major League Baseball. He would have won the hurdles in the Olympics. He could have played hockey and scored three times the goals that Wayne Gretzky would have scored. It's just this out-of-control, over-the-top adulation for someone that just drives you crazy because – you can interject and say, well, Magic Johnson. No, no, Magic was great, but he, no, man, he couldn't wear Jordan shoes. Why would he want to? Uh, or what about uh, LeBron James? Now, now, personally, I think LeBron James is an ignorant prick. Let's be honest, he's an asshole. But I also think he's a phenomenal basketball player. And it doesn't matter. Then you get into the argument eventually where they say, look, man, Jordan's got six MVPs and six rings, so you can't debate that. And you say, well, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has six championships and six MVPs, plus he had multiple championships in college. Jordan only had one. And Kareem is also the all-time leading scorer, third all-time leading rebounder. And really, if you're going by your criteria, he's better than Jordan. Oh, you can't say that. No, man, Jordan would have killed Kareem head up, man. Look, 
you can have your opinion. But this notion that Jordan was somehow otherworldly great. You can't even compare Wilt Chamberlain or Julius Irving or Magic or Bird or, or Isaiah Thomas or so many other greats throughout history, Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, whoever. You can't compare anyone to him. That's obnoxious, it's backwards, and it's stupid. Okay? And so many professional athletes are right now, are, oh, yeah, man, yeah. I watched him growing up. Okay, so did I. And the adulation of him by the media was so over the top, I went from being a Bulls fan to despising them, to loathing them, because I couldn't take the, the pro-Jordan BS all the time. That's it for me, my friends. Enough about the top five most irritating people. And uh, Kirby Smart's on my TV right now talking about why Georgia got their ass kicked by Alabama again. Kirby, can you hear me through the TV, through the magic of TV? They need TV you can communicate through. Kirby, you can't beat Saban at anything. You're great in your way, but literally, if you had a breastfeeding competition where either you or Saban could actually compete, he would beat you at that too. And that's an image I don't think any baby wants to see. Good Lord, talking about a crying child. Have a good day, my friends. I will be back tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Morning, noon, night, whenever you listen. I appreciate you. God bless America. If you're left, you ain't right. And go Gators. Those are the three golden rules of life that I give you every time I talk to you. And again, thank you for your patronage. Be good. Hope your team does well in the bowl game you get. Uh, we're getting a crappy one this year because we deserve it because we suck this year. But we've got a new coach coming and I think uh, Billy Napier is going to uh, light some people on fire. And just one more note. If former Notre Dame and new LSU head football coach Ryan Kelly's listening, that whole fake Southern accent, a lot of people in Louisiana will like you because you'll have success because LSU is a top-level program and you're a great coach. But really, don't, don't be coming up with a fake Southern accent. Makes a lot of us just want to punch you in the face. Maybe actually Brian Kelly's the most irritating person in the world because there's nothing worse than a Yankee who comes up and pretends to be Southerner. Remember that Hillary Clinton? Ain't no ways tired. Hillary, you know what you are, Brian Kelly? You're the Hillary Clinton of college football. I know I hate LSU more than I hated them before because of you. Take care, my friends. We'll talk to you soon, as in mañana. That means tomorrow. That's right. I am multilingual. My talents almost never end. Remember that, ladies. Okay? Take care, my friends. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.